welcome to another edition of the 1% Better Podcast with your host, Rob O'Donoghue. Hello there. Welcome to another 1% Better episode. This one is definitely a little bit different to the norm and over the last while I've probably put out a few more solo shows than I did in the first and second season and that's probably a sign of me just getting a little bit more comfortable with all of this. But this one is more about you guys asking questions to me about the podcast and about coaching and different things that I do I suppose and just wanting to know a little bit more of information and some tips and some learnings and things that might be useful to you. How did this come about I suppose as I said it's something I was hoping to do for a while when we set up this Slack Rob of the Green group and Slack is the name of the company and not a great name I think for a company but hey it seems to be doing well but it set up this community a small group of folks have signed up growing and wide open for more to join it's free I'm not trying to sell anything in there and in there I put out a, a question to see if anyone had any questions for me about the show or about things that have uh, happened over the last two or three years doing it that I uh, that they would like to know about and that I could share out in a podcast in a what they call ask me anything or ask me something um format and uh, this is the first one of those so looking forward to share that i also got a lot of questions over the last while during podcast workshops that i've been doing um in person and i've captured some of those because i think they're useful and i've put together um an online podcast training course as well which um which would go into detail in, in all of this so Hopefully, um, I'll answer some of the kind of topical questions there uh, during this half hour or so. I'm not really sure how long it's going to last. I have a bunch of questions that I'm going to go through. Um, I'm going to leave some for the next day and hopefully get some more from you guys that listen um, over the last while. So hopefully the sound is good. I'm using a new piece of equipment that I put together and I put some sound panels on the wall in the new space. So... Hopefully things sound pretty good. So as I said, put this list together for a while. I'm going to answer some of them now. I'm looking at my screen. I'll scroll down through these. I don't have anything specifically prepared to answer, but I'm sure I'll come up with something as I go along. Um, just a quick one to call out because I'd like to ensure you help me grow the reach of the show. So please do help by sharing this out with other folks and telling people about it especially if they're interested in setting up their own podcast how to do that why to do that that's kind of a big area of focus for me at the moment um that i've put together the content and want to share that out with folks so if anyone's interested in learning more about how to do that why to do that i have content that i can share just get in touch it's rob at rob of the green that i um as i said i'll answer some questions about coaching uh, I do a bit of that and I do some pro bono stuff as well. So that's something I'm very passionate about. Um, so that's podcasting is one category. Coaching would be the other. And then there's kind of the uh, the coaching piece, I suppose, touches on self-improvement, which the podcast is really all about, professional, personal, all of that. So I'll share some stuff there. And then finally, there's kind of some random questions, more around lessons learned from the journey, which I'm happy to share as well. And... 
let's see how it goes. I'll keep it short. This is the first one of these and I'll also share out the link to the Slack community if you want to join up there at the point of recording this. We're just on the start of the October monthly challenge that we do. Uh, monthly challenges in there where people just share out some stuff they're hoping to focus on for the month and we're trying to help each other achieve that with a bit of shared accountability, which is always good. So we'll do that. So let me just crack into the questions. As I said, first time doing one of these. We'll leave some questions on the table and we'll come back to others and hopefully over time we'll get some more questions to answer as well. And yeah, the whole AMA piece, got to get comfortable with some of this stuff. Maybe that's a question I'll answer as well, but Okay, so we'll dive into podcasting first. So some of the podcasting questions, the first one that comes up, how do I find guests for the show? Is it difficult? Um, how how do you go about it? So I guess at the start, when I kicked off the show, one of the things I always talk about it when you're putting together your show is making sure you have a good number of episodes recorded before you launch. The statistics out there say 50% of podcasts die off after seven or eight episodes um, and a lot of reasons there are because I believe people don't know why they're doing it in the first place and run out of guests after uh, that period of time because they haven't thought through who they're going to interview and what they're going to interview about. So for finding guests, those first few, I, I kind of had a network of people through work and through volunteering organizations I've been in. Uh, people that I was inspired by, influenced by. So I kind of reached out to them. And, and then obviously there was some folks that I knew that knew somebody that were able to make that connection. So it was true kind of my network, uh, apart from, I suppose, Andrew Mangan, who who is one of my pop uh, podcast idols. Um, he's the Arsenal uh, Ars blog podcaster guy in Dublin. And uh, I just reached out to him over email and he was happy to do it. So um, at the start, it was very much through network, people you knew, because I didn't have a, a background in podcasting, a portfolio to share, didn't have much to, to kind of direct people to, I was starting out, so that was the difficult part. And once you get up and running with the first 10 or so episodes out or more, after that you had stuff to direct people to, so if you did want to reach out to somebody, um, you could show them what you've already been doing, how that it's credible, that it exists, that you're not just kind of randomly reaching out um, because I always say one of the best things about podcasting is the conversations I have with people and um, that if I wasn't doing the podcast, I would never be able to have those conversations because people just wouldn't, you know, randomly allow me to record a session of talk with them unless they had something to share. Um, so for part network, as it grew then into season one, I suppose it was more being able to direct people to what I had recorded and they saw credibility and then season two kind of was interesting in that I had interviewed a couple of people in the world of PR to talk about branding and marketing. And as a result, then they liked what what was being put out and they'd have people on their books that would be from different industries, be it from acting or music or, or uh, CEOs from startups and whatnot. And they connected me with them because they liked the team and the work that these folks were doing was in the areas of self-improvement um, and trying to help folks get better. And that helped 
by me putting a podcast out about that show give them some platform and also give me some some leverage to uh, share content as well so so that was kind of a win-win and something I didn't expect like so many things that come true I didn't expect so that was brilliant that's where the Rosanna Arquette episode came out of that's where a lot of the startup organizations came out of like Joe Bakti who's talking about or working towards um, identifying cancer so early that it hasn't even started to exist in the person's system and can cure it that way so that's been it and now I suppose into season three um, 125 whatever 130 episodes the podcast is well known in some ways and it's clear when folks are interested to come on because they've they've listened or they're enjoying it or they know somebody that recommended it. So it kind of starts to snowball there. So at the moment I have maybe five interviews lined up. Um, I have put together a PowerPoint presentation to share with folks if they are interested in knowing a bit more about the show, its statistics, etc. So that helps and it's gone from there. So very interesting how it all evolved and that's, I would hope, how it should go if you're thinking of doing something um of course if you're well known in the industry of whatever world you're focusing on or a celebrity of sorts you'll probably be able to attract guests a lot easier i'm doing it from bottoms up uh, rather than tops down i suppose but that's my take on the finding guests question hopefully that gives you some ideas all right okay we're wow 10 minutes in so i didn't expect to ramble that long what level of preparation do i do for an interview um yeah definitely i i I definitely do my research before every interview I, i have a rule where i will not kind of entertain the idea of interviewing somebody unless i have a genuine interest in the topic in what they're all about what they work at how they see the world or what i can or somebody out there can get from it. So I have a question that I kind of ask myself at the start is, what do I want to learn from this person? What can I get from this person that will be of value? Um, Certainly for me, but with a lens of other people on as well. So I would always prepare that beforehand. And I've kind of got it down now to uh, 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes of, of a bit of research on the person, pulling all that together, and then start just brainstorming questions that might be uh, relevant to the person I'm talking with. Case in point, I'm just about to record an interview with John Eads, who I interviewed first time, will be interviewing a person second time round, leadership expert, and we're going to talk about leadership, talent, culture, innovation, four topics. So I have a bunch of questions that I put together on those four topics that I really want to understand a little bit more. John will have some content that he's going to talk about those four, so we'll mishmash it from there. And then take it from there, I guess, let it let it loose and see how it goes. Certainly in the early days, I would have probably created more definite, defined questions and stuck to a, I wouldn't say a script because I don't really script out all the questions. I would have stuck to a general flow where I would have talked maybe a bit about the person's background, their early career, their breakthrough moments, their current world, their future, um, and maybe then some kind of random questions at the end. Don't do it that way as much anymore. Try to let it flow so that sometimes we could be talking about the random stuff at the start, go back to the early career and go around. Um, But 45 minutes prep, feel like I'm time boxing myself off on that and and go from there. And I also am building a never-ending database of questions, which is really just an Excel sheet of questions and under different categories like coaching, like leadership, like sport, meditation, whatever, and uh, have all of 
them there to pull on whenever I, I need to pull together a question list rapidly for an interview that might have just come out of the blue and that absolutely helps so keep a, a list keep a spreadsheet of all your questions maybe categorize them uh, that'll be useful but i would say there's probably 80 percent of things that can be reused 20 percent or so can be uh, brand new that'll help you keep it authentic keep it real as they say so that's that next question what is the best microphone that i could use that i could purchase to start with um so uh, in the, the coaching Sorry, not in the coaching, coaching on my mind in the workshops, uh, the podcast workshops and the content I've put together there. I do talk about microphones and go a bit of detail, talk about five or six different ones. Do mention that my first microphone was from Argos for about six euros. XLR mic still works, karaoke mic. Uh, I haven't used it in a while, but it's somewhere in a drawer there. The second or maybe third mic I bought was the ATR2100, and that's the one I'm using right now. And it is just brilliant it's mobile in that it's very easy to bring with you to different uh, events and i use it on the road a lot i use it in the studio here sometimes as well although it's a, a dynamic mic um the sound is pretty good it, it's also uh, you can connect through usb and xlr which again in the online podcasting course that i have created you can check that out if you're interested in more detail there it's about 60 euros or 60 dollars really good sound really solid sturdy piece of kit and if you look on any podcast website um message group or facebook group or whatever search for microphones this one will pop up as one that you would could definitely do worse by getting and yeah i love it and it's very very useful so that's my recommendation the atr 2100 Okay, next question is, what is the best platform to use when I'm putting out my podcast? So again, when I put together the course, I really tried to put myself in the position of somebody starting out that hadn't a clue what they were doing. That's exactly what I was like a few years ago. And when I think about platforms, it's kind of an obstacle of overcoming the mental barriers of, oh, how do you use this? What your media host, how do you put your content there? How do you create the content? So many questions huge amount of detail in the course again but for me when I started out I used SoundCloud and I don't like to publicly diss any piece of software or platform or but I would just say for me that was a decision that I made and it was it, it served its purpose for the first for 12 months because I signed up for a 12 month contract on SoundCloud and it was fine for now and since then I've been using the platform called Spreaker and for many reasons one was because there was a lot of information out there about SoundCloud that potentially could hit the wall. It could go under. No, it hasn't. Obviously, it's still there. But I realized, I suppose, although I went in and purchased the one month or one year um, license or access fee or whatever you want to call it, subscription with SoundCloud because it had unlimited availability of content. You could put as much content up there as you want. And for me thinking at the start, wow, I could put hundreds of hours, but I'm looking back and I'm, I'm never going to create that much because it takes so much time to do a lot of this. And SoundCloud is very much built for music as opposed to podcasting. So long and short of it, I used that for a year, moved to Spreaker after a lot of research, deciding which best option to go with. Why I went with Spreaker because, not because of cost, because at one point at that time, I was hoping to do more than one show uh, out on my platform and Spreaker allowed me to do multiple shows so I could have 10 different shows on my Spreaker subscription 
um, the offering that I went with. I can also do live shows, which I've done a few times on Spreaker, not as much as I probably should or want to do, but it's an option so you can stream it out live, which is cool. And people can go to your website and listen live and the quality is pretty good. And once that's done, then it's an actual episode as well. So that was good. They just provide more services uh, and features that are useful for podcasting. So that's the platform I would go with. I probably spent too long researching at the time, and but it was worth it in that I'm happy with it and I'm well into the second year using Spreaker and have no desires to change with it at all. So I always recommend doing your research. Spreaker's a good option, but there's so many good options out there. But that's the one I would recommend. Um, go to the website uh, there's an option on get better at or there's a hosting option and you can check out the speaker option there you can you can sign up for free I used it for free for the Ireland podcast for project management that I do which is useful you get like five hours free airtime or recording time and uh, to trial it out and the next question is around volume and so one of the pieces of feedback that i have got and i hope i've rectified as i look at my volume on audacity is how do you make sure that the audio levels are at the right volume or quality and this is something i'm just learning every day about i'm not a sound engineer but i'm doing my best to make the sound better i'm probably whispering a little bit this morning it's 5 30 a.m up early and Try not to wake people in the house, but at least with the ability to amplify, you can pump up the volume, uh, so to speak, before putting it out. But one of the things I was doing probably a lot of in the early stages was I was afraid that I was creating the, the noise levels too high. And when somebody then listens to it, it could bleed your ears out. And that was kind of nonsensical. I'm not sure what my mind was thinking. One, I know you can't do that. And two, you can always turn it down. But what I was ending up doing was putting out episodes that were maybe a little bit too low in the volume stakes. And as a result, then when you try to turn it up, it would only go up to a certain volume and it wouldn't be loud enough. If you were driving or if you're going through a busy area, you couldn't hear it. So good feedback. One person that had given me feedback on this, how how to actually kind of do a volume test. So maybe download your episode, put it on your, your device and go into the car, turn on the radio and listen to it. See if you can still hear it over the radio or if it's loud enough to be heard over other noise that was going on. For the most part, mine wasn't. And uh, I looked into trying to figure out the best range and did, did research. But what I actually did was I downloaded a, an episode of, say, for example, the Joe Rogan podcast or uh, Stuff You Should Know or any of the ones I listened to. And I booted that into, uh, loaded that into Audacity. And then I could see the volume that they put it out at, kind of level all across across the entire track, and much higher than mine. So it's like at a one point zero minus one point zero. I guess it's decibels. Uh, I don't even know the terminology correctly, but when I look at the Audacity track, it pretty much fills the actual track. And that that for me then says right. If they're doing it at that level, they've got this done professionally. That'll do for me. So since then, I've been making sure that the episodes are at that end. It seems to be doing good. And again, that's probably a technical enough one that you mightn't think about, but it's absolutely important because when you are putting together your episodes, editing them, putting the sound together, it's uh, it's very important that you get the sound quality and levels high enough so people don't turn off halfway through saying, I can't hear what they're saying. So it's better to be high than low because people can always turn it down, but they can't turn it up if it's already at the max. That's a really good tip that I took. Okay, so I'll do one or two more podcasting-related ones. Podcasts I listen to, probably just touched on it there. This question has come in a few times. 
I found before I started putting out my own stuff, I was listening to a lot of content that I wanted to kind of touch on myself, like Tim Ferriss, um, like uh, Sam Harris. I do listen to Joe Rogan still a good bit, but I haven't really listened to anything that would land in the same sort of area as myself in the last while, a couple of years probably at this stage, for many reasons. Well, just because... I don't want to sound like I'm repeating what they're doing or copying what they're saying. Sometimes I would look at the guests that they'd have on and just have an interest and want to listen as well. But sometimes you're very much influenced by what others are doing in lots of ways. And I try not to go down that route as much as possible to just be myself and be authentic and put out what I'm passionate about myself and and without doubt there's still going to be overlaps with others and there'll be comparisons made and all of that but that's fine so I try not to listen to a lot of stuff I do so I do listen to the Arsenal podcast Ars blog it's out twice a week and I love that one Uh, it's always just something about football and Arsenal specifically and gets me away from all the other stuff so that's great I listen to the Guardian football podcast again out twice a week very interesting, good banter in that most of the time. I would listen to Freakonomics, which is yes, probably a little bit parallel but different to what, what I do. And that's been going on for years. Very interesting. And how it looks at many different areas, but from a diff- an interesting angle. They listen to Stuff You Should Know, which never fails to amaze me. I was listening to an episode about the US interstate and how all that came together uh, recently, which was always something I kind of wondered about and learned something from. So that is a really good one. Still listen to Joe Rogan every now and again when I know I have a long time ahead of me to uh, to listen or listen over the course of the weekend. And if the guest is somebody I've heard of, that would be good. Mark Maron, uh, WTF podcast was one of the ones I would listen to a lot early on in my podcasting journey of, of listening, of consuming, and again, dip in and out of that. Sometimes let me just quickly look at my phone and see which ones I'm missing. Oh, there's a bit of bit of noise on the phone there. The Daily Stoic have that and Eamon Don't Be in Ireland if you're in Ireland the stand listen to that, learned a good bit about Brexit on that one and still listen to Sam Harris making sense the 30 for 30 podcast, brilliant uh, sports podcast or touching on sport and a lot of interesting stuff comes out of that over the summer I listened to 13 minutes to the moon, very very interesting around the moon landing uh, I listened to the Maddie podcast which was just all about Madeline McCann and lastly I listen to one called Coaching for Leaders um, as a coach and somebody that's hugely interested in leadership. I listen to that as well. So there you go. There's lots of ones that I wanted to talk about or touch on. Okay. Uh, Dream guests. This was asked to me in a podcast presentation I did recently about leadership, actually. And I drew a blank, even though I have a list of about 50 names um, that I want to interview or plan to interview. It was it was a difficult one for me to answer on the spot, so I didn't. But I've thought about it a lot, and the names that keep coming up are, and I know this is kind of random, but Arsene Wenger, uh, I'm an Arsene fan, and he's somebody I'd love to talk to at some point. That's obviously a dream board, vision board type thing. Um, and big into tennis, my partner is very big into tennis, God, I've got very fascinated by the sport over the last couple of years I've always liked it but we were recently on holidays in New York and we went to the Rafa Nadal training camp um, uh, academy 
took a picture of it, put it up online jokingly saying that I'm waiting for Rafa to, to join for a bit of a knock-up and an interview. Obviously wasn't, but some people believed it and that's maybe I shouldn't have put that out there to kind of give those false false beliefs coming up. But, but he is somebody I would love to talk to, him or Federer, both of those guys at the top of the game for so long. And nice guys come across very positively in a good way and are fascinating to think about their mindset and how they keep going. So I'd love to talk to them about their high performance mindset, how that's developed. I know it's very much about taking each point as it comes, but how do they get to that place and what tools or approaches they've put in. So at the moment, those three names are ones that would come up. So yeah, that's kind of a lot of the podcasty related ones. Let me touch on a couple that are more around self-improvement, how I kind of focus on moving the needle forward myself, how we deal with certain things that have come up during the, the last few years. One was around, do we get nervous in prep for the interview or during an interview? And absolutely, um, nearly, uh, I would imagine every single one gives me a little bit of, I wouldn't say tension, there's a mix of excitement and, and nerves coming in there. And I know there's very little difference between the two. And this is kind of normal now, I would say before every interview, the majority of ones I do over Skype or, or over WhatsApp, even over a phone call. For the five or ten minutes beforehand, I'm kind of anxious and getting ready, hopefully thinking about the questions and hoping that it'll, it'll go well. And that's for everyone. You know, obviously, if you're thinking of higher profile names, you might think it'll be a little bit more in a weird way. I'm kind of less so about those because I probably know a lot about the person already and know what I want to get out of it. Sometimes if I don't know as much about the person, I'm a little bit more nervous because I don't know what, what might come up. But 130 or whatever, as I said, in and never had to pause halfway through because I ran out of stuff to ask them. So kind of confident enough from that perspective. But I always get a bit nervous. Uh, and that's a good thing, I think. It shows that there's some interest there and I've never pulled back and said I can't make an interview five minutes beforehand because I'm too racked with nerves. I knew no as soon as I start talking and generally talk to the person for a few minutes before we start recording. But as soon as I get into it and start talking about the intro t- talking about the guest in my intro, which although I write a little bit about, I tend to never really say exactly what I wrote. From there on, flying, feel good, get the first couple of questions going, get into conversation early on and get some useful stuff out of it. That generally helps. And then I'm I'm settled. And then it's kind of a, as I do this all on my own, I'm kind of trying to play a few different roles when I'm doing it, doing the interview, listening, which is the most important thing, but also keeping an eye on the, on the clock, um, making sure that the recording levels are good. You know, that's where the whole idea of one day maybe having somebody doing that and allowing me to focus on the question in the interview would be better. But it, it tests me, pushes me, and definitely is an interesting experience. Another one, what's my favorite saying or quote or something that's come up from the interviews? Okay, so for the last long while, the saying that I use a lot or I, I say to myself a lot or I see even through coaching uh, that is useful is the idea of comparison being the thief of joy and I think an awful lot of I feel that an awful lot of people uh, and myself in the past as well are very much into comparing themselves to others and that being a, a marker for your own success or happiness and I think that statement supposedly was said by Theodore Roosevelt or somebody in the US years ago but it, it's very very powerful for me and very very true because I do feel that 
so many of us compare ourselves to others and if we're not ma- ma- meeting the mark that we're setting ourselves because of what these other people are doing that can uh, impact on our happiness and our our, jo- our joy or satisfaction of whatever in, in, in our lives at that time and we do it subconsciously and it's the keeping up with the Joneses idea I think it's um, something to keep in mind something to be very aware of because for me that uh, yeah that that's something that maybe in the past I've probably done but I really really try to live a life where I don't try to compare myself to others and as a result I'm definitely happier or if I catch myself doing it and through meditation and being more self-aware and whatnot you can catch yourself doing this uh, more frequently and stop and that is very very worthwhile effort to put in so yeah that's something that comes up um one or two more how do i manage time management for a busy schedule yeah i absolutely have uh, this focus on time and putting value against the time i put a put a couple of blog posts together on this around productivity and it kind of ties in with time the first one is very much about time the second one is more around why am i productive as opposed to how am i productive and i would maybe recommend both of those to check out just go to the website the blog page um, and there's two posts one from late 2017 and one from recently in 2019 but how do i manage time the biggest the biggest benefit for me is figuring out uh, if i'm a night owl or a morning person i'm definitely a morning person i get up at 5 a.m most days um this last few weeks i've been actually doing it without a stopwatch or a, not a stopwatch a clock uh, an alarm clock and that's um now part of a habit but i get up at five and i know for that hour and a half sometimes hour sometimes two hours depending on how late my little boy sleeps till hopefully around seven that's my time to actually get stuff done and i would have maybe three or so items three or four items on my trello board for that day that are kind of time boxed off for around 25 30 minutes get stuff done of those that they're they're high value things that i want to work on know that sometimes you're not going to get it all done in a day so maybe but be strict with that whole pomodoro technique i talked about take your 25 30 minutes focus on it take a break do another one do another one and then i feel like i have stuff done that is a value that is useful to me before the day really starts before seven o'clock comes in before i have to feed the little boy and get ready for work and go to work and stuff like that so in a nutshell get up early that's my time or find your time where you can dedicate to whatever it is you want to focus on for that period and make that your kind of holy time or sacred time and that will Uh, get you off to a good start but as i said lots more detail in the blog posts i would recommend you check those out for okay this one for a newbie on the road of self-improvement getting one percent better daily which is a good mindset to have what should their first few steps be which actions and resources Mm, very a very good one probably difficult answer short but uh, i'll give it a go i would say that to start on the road of self-improvement you pick just one thing that you want to do whatever that might be if it is getting up early or if it is running two or three k or reading pick that one thing and challenge yourself for the next month or so to do it for a certain time every day one thing that springs into mind for me one few years ago when i was doing a coaching diploma because i was falling a little bit behind in reading and i wasn't getting up early enough i said right i'm going to get up at instead of getting up at seven i get up at six and i'll set myself 45 minutes every day for the next 30 days to read coaching books that i needed to get on that were on my reading list read those and take notes and that would help feed into the assignments and that was the start of a very much 
better approach that I was getting on top of. I was reading religiously for those 45 minutes every day, taking notes, getting that piece done. And that got me into much more of a better flow for for college, for the learning that I needed to do. And, and as a result, I kept kind of doing that. And as I said, that was 6 a.m. Then I've kind of moved it back to 5 a.m. because I always found that a little bit more time allowed me to get a bit more done and then felt a bit better for the rest of the day knowing I had saved or I had achieved something. So newbie on the road, either pick your one thing and do that for 30 days, 25 days, whatever it is, and, and just commit to it and you'll start seeing those little bit of incremental improvements. You'll feel a little bit better. You'll definitely create more whatever you're doing uh, of and, and that will have a profound impact. It'll build that habit and it'll start getting you into the mindset uh, of moving in the right direction and you'll get that feeling of doing better. Um, that's the best thing I can think of straight away. Track it, measure it. So keep a log, keep a book of a journal about it. I use Trello and then just write down, you know, for a minute how much you've achieved. And then as you go, you can look back on all the stuff you've done and how much you've improved and it'll give you extra confidence. It'll it'll start the ball rolling. It'll get things moving that little bit forward. Um, and I would I would say that. That's kind of what I would say at the start and see where you go from there. Hey guys, just last one. This came in a little bit after I recorded, but it is a very good question and one I wanted to put into this first AMA. And it is from a gentleman called Ken LeBlanc. Ken, thank you for this one. It is a question asking, what is the greatest learning or and observation that I've taken from the whole 1% better journey so far? And this is one I wanted to take a bit of time to think about rather than just answer off the cuff and it, it, it it's very very difficult to give one takeaway um, I, I recently did a presentation around 10 leadership habits or great leadership habits that I've seen emerge from talking to the 130 or so folks over the last few years and there's 10 there and there could have been more but what stands out it's a difficult one what stands out right now for me looking at all those 10 great habits and there's listening skills is very important getting to know yourself absolutely fundamental mm, every single person i talked to bar maybe one said that how they got to where they got to after having big goals dreaming big and planning putting it all down and working towards it hard work absolutely was essential nobody just fell into this area of success that they're in nobody got that for free it just doesn't come that easily it's all about putting in the hours and the days and the weeks to work towards those visions and those big goals and those dreams and you just got to keep doing it incrementally day by day the statement that comes from Megan Duhamel that I've heard uh, mentioned a few times is what can I do today to be better tomorrow? And that ties in really well with the podcast theme of we just being 1% better, just incrementally improving. Knowing that it mightn't pay dividends immediately, but if you don't do it, you're definitely not going to get anywhere. It's like me talking about interviewing folks. If I didn't have the podcast, I wouldn't be able to talk to so many great people. So by taking the first step, by moving forward, setting the big targets, and then just putting the hard work in, putting the hours in, getting up that a little bit earlier, staying up that later, and not watching 
that movie you've seen 10 times already and dedicating that time to pushing your goals towards those goals and knocking things off your list will bring you somewhere in a better direction. So it's hard work, I think, Ken, in short, and maybe not the magic people are looking to hear, but without that hard work, discipline, commitment, it's certainly not going to just happen magically. Hopefully that was a useful 35 or so minutes of answers to some of these questions that have come in i have more i'll do another one of these in the near future and i would love to answer other questions if anyone has any that they would like to pose uh, i will definitely address those in the future so look thanks for checking this one out we'll have another normal interview next week and have a great week ahead guys uh, or weekend whatever you tend to listen to these uh, make it a great one thanks for checking it out and good luck So this is the outro of the podcast, guys. You got to the end, and that is great. Please hang in here for another couple of minutes. I know most people won't, but maybe there's something here of interest. So check this out. First off, thanks so much for listening to this one, as well as maybe the hundred or so that's gone before it. Why not check them out if you haven't already? There's lots of good stuff in there. The whole podcasting journey for me has been a huge learning, and I'm trying to help you guys learn and improve as well. So much has changed over the last few years since I started it. I've really realized lots of the goals that I put out there and then realized so many unexpected benefits as well. And I think anytime you take on action towards a goal, you're going to pick up lots of things that you didn't expect along the way. And hopefully they're good things. In this particular episode, was there any one or two things that jumped out? Maybe you could take a pen and paper out right now because this is something that you might think of during the episode but never do. Do it now. Take it out. Write down a goal that you're going to set yourself as a result of something you learned from this episode. Put a plan in place and then work towards it. Applying yourself deliberately over time. Take ownership. Build a habit. Improve. Get 1% better. Share accountability with somebody you know in a buddy system and learn and grow and improve. That's what it's all about. That's my hopefully inspirational piece done other areas to note check out the website robofthegreen.ie you can consume everything there for free there is obviously the podcast there's video one minute monday clips there's articles Uh, not enough but i'd like to put more there if you're interested in putting one there let me know and there's a get better app page which i'm starting to add new content to over time there's a feedback page if you want to email me rob at rob of the instead but it's all about trying to engage you and get you to a place of improvement so i'm open to feedback as i said ways you can help me is by following me on the socials at rob of the is the website or at rob of the green on all the social platforms subscribe to the podcast on any of the apps that you might listen to it on talk about it tell a friend about it tell your family members about it share some of the ideas not only to your friends but to me is there anything i can improve upon sign up to the newsletter that's there as well i'm experimenting again with a group called slack rob of the green on slack this is really for a shared accountability environment and sharing ideas you can sign up to that on the website as well all of this is obviously all free but there is also an option where you could subscribe to my patreon site and make a small donation for the content that we do it's there it's totally up to you everything that is coming in through that or could come in through that will go into making the podcast better so to close i am always trying to improve and get better change is difficult i know that but it's all about taking the first step learning something 
applying yourself moving forward you can do this i've been able to improve pushing myself outside the comfort zone learning and i think if i can do it so can you don't overreach don't set yourself unrealistic goals one percent at a time is enough but it's all about starting and that will bring you on your pursuit of betterness to a great place thanks for sticking to the very end talk to you next time and take care good luck